Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We got lots to chat about today. We have the Real Housewives of New Jersey finale. We'll dip into the Real Houses of Orange County reunion. Although I don't think we need to dip very far because not much was going on there. Ladies, am I right? Not a lot happening over there. I watched both parts, unfortunately. And uh, I'm sorry to say that I, I, well, you know what? I'm going to zip my mouth shut because I feel like I've talked too much shit about the Real Houses of Orange County. On a brighter note, though, I loved the Jersey finale. So I want to get into that because I thought it was an excellent, excellent finale. And fortunately, they saved all that singing stuff for the penultimate episode. So in the finale, I didn't have to worry about anyone dropping by a studio and making some beats like on all the other Bravo shows that's been happening lately. Mm, well, Candy, why don't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody dropped any beats in this finale episode, although they did last week. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I love this finale. I do want to get into a little bit about why they're staying in a suburban neighborhood on a chaos trip. You know, I talk about the budget on Jersey, and I know we've talked about how this house that they're staying in has a lot of kids' rooms. There's a lot of children's toys, children's books and everything. No one has an adult room, it seems. I think one of the cast members got an adult room. Everyone else is staying in playrooms. Uh, but we haven't talked why they're in a suburban neighborhood in the middle of Nashville. We got, I, they're obviously not in the middle of Nashville. And why do you go to Nashville, one of the greatest cities on God's green earth, and you're staying, uh, how, how, they must be an hour away from the actual city, Broadway. I mean, what is happening here? Who decided, like, that's a good place for all to stay? And Dolores, God bless her heart, she's always working so hard to convince us of things that are real that aren't real. And she was trying to make it seem like it was so extravagant. There was one point where we see a chef arriving to cook him some eggs. Okay, it was the chef arriving for breakfast, which I'm sorry, I, I love a good breakfast, but it was like he made some eggs and sliced up some potatoes and put them in the oven. One point I saw somebody taking potatoes out of the oven without an oven mitt. And I was like, those were staged. I bet the chef didn't even do that. I bet you uh, Melissa or Dolores woke up and made the potatoes and then the chef arrived after they'd cooled down and just pulled them out of the oven because he didn't even have an oven mitt on. I saw it. I saw it. If something's coming fresh out of the oven hot, you would have to have an oven mitt. Otherwise, you got a fake hand or something else is going on, but they didn't explain that he had a bionic arm to lift out those uh, fresh potatoes out of the oven. So they obviously weren't fresh. So what are we doing with a chef? And by the way, there are so many different ways to make potatoes that you can make them fancy. Those were just some cut up potatoes. I make those on a Saturday, Sunday. When I wake up on the weekend, that's what I do with my potatoes. You got some leftover baked potatoes in the fridge. You just cut them up and you put them in the oven and that's what you get. There were nothing fancy. I didn't even see any seasoning. I did not see one bit. I didn't see any Cajun season. I didn't see nothing. Nothing on it. Not a single bit of seasoning on this. Maybe a little bit of salt and pepper. But come on, if you're hiring a chef, you're telling me they can't do some other kind of fancy El gratin style potato or something? Or at least like a hash brown. Something. Something. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly. So Dolores is sitting there. She sits down with her ex-husband, Frank, who left her for the boat horse, in a children's room. She's talking to the ex-husband, Frank Sr., a mountain of man who's sitting in a chair in front of a children's bookshelf. I spotted uh, the book, A Very Hungry Caterpillar, which is not for adults. If anyone remembers that book, it's a classic children's novel. I saw it right behind Frank's big-ass shoulders. Again, mountain of a man. I saw right above his, I think it was his left shoulder, right behind it. I'm looking at the bookshelf, and I'm saying, those are all children's books. We might as well be at a Scholastic Book Fair, because that's where Frank, uh, who left the wife for the boat horse, but is still friends and on the cast trip with the wife, the ex-wife, that's where they're sitting down to talk about this trip. And they're talking about how Marge uh, and Teresa want to murder each other. And yet behind them, I see the Very Hungry Caterpillar book. And I'm like, what is happening here at the set design? I mean, did no one look behind them? (laughs) Was there not a PA on set who said, hey, guys, I can spot a Very Hungry Caterpillar behind Frank Sr., so maybe we shouldn't do the scene where the two cast members talk about the other two cast members wanting to murder each other uh, because of the potentially abusive new boyfriend or whatever that is. That situation that's going on between the two of them after Teresa flipped all that stuff in the table and spilled it at Margaret. Maybe we don't want to sit him down to have that conversation in front of a very hungry caterpillar, an innocent young children's book for the preschool age. Call me crazy, but did no one see the children's books? And maybe they didn't have a lot of options. Obviously, they're all staying in playrooms. But what are we doing in a suburban neighborhood? And how long did it take to get them to that city? In, in the middle of Nashville. Thank God they didn't have to ride those bicycles where they got to do all the work. That poor Jersey cast, they got to even do the work when they're on the vacation. They got to pedal their way through the city that they take them to. I mean, on Beverly Hills, I don't think I, I'd see them having to pedal to the bar. And that man, you guys have a lot of thoughts on that man who was running that, that bar crawl thing on the bike. I have a lot of thoughts on that man. He was very aggressive with everything, everything. Uh, but anyway, so back to Dolores, she really was trying to say, like, I, she said, I hired a chef for breakfast. I figured we, we might as well do it right when we're here. And I'm like, that's doing it right? Like, what is happening on this franchise? I did love the breakfast scene, though, because A, I love breakfast food. You guys know that. But B, more importantly, I love that I believe it was Evan. I think it was Evan. I was trying to pay attention to my dear Evan, who later in the episode excused himself when he got to the hot chicken restaurant to wash his hands. He was the only one that I heard say, hey, I need to go excuse myself to the restroom so I can wash these grippers. So he ran to the, he ran to the pooper, washed his grippers, and then came back to the table. I've never been more attracted to that man. I know a lot of people are attracted to Evan. He's, he's a gorgeous looking guy. Uh, but more so than ever before was I attracted to him when he went and washed his grippers before dinner because that's a attractive quality after they were all sweating on that bicycle. That poor cast. And then they took him to a restaurant where there was no air conditioning. I mean, they were all wet. They were completely wet, every single one of them. It was like you could see through Joe's short shirt. It was like they all just entered a wet T-shirt contest because they had a pedal to the bar, and then the bar they got to was crowded with no air conditioning. Now, granted, it looked like they had some great hot chicken, which we'll get to. But anyway, so Evan at uh, the breakfast, he, I believe, had ketchup on the eggs. I'm pretty sure he had ketchup on the eggs. Uh, and I love ketchup on the eggs. I know it's not a popular opinion. Sometimes I've said that on the show before and people yell at me that I put ketchup on my eggs, but my mother did that. I don't know. I think it's like maybe a Polish. My mom does it. It's like a Polish thing, I think. Maybe I'm making that up. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it was not ketchup. I think it was hot. I, it was not hot sauce. I think it was ketchup. Which I like hot sauce on the eggs too, but 
anyway, they uh, all had the breakfast in that suburban house, which I just, again, nothing very glamorous about that home. Did I play the clip from the episode? I put a clip on the soundboard. Should we play it? Did I play it already? Maybe I did. No, I didn't. Okay, let's let's listen. This was from the episode. It happened later in the episode, and we're going to break down this moment, believe you me. Let's go. I want to get out of here. I want to like get a jet and go home. It's just too much. It's All right, I know. Too All much. right, we're gonna, just, I know. He's much. like that. Yeah. Like, seriously, I'm done. Like, let's okay. get, like, I don't need this. I work harder. You never have to work a day know. of your life. I know. How lucky is that? Let's go move into our 15,000 square foot house, right? I love you. What's going on? Holy shit. A lot to break down. That all happened at the end of the episode. And I feel like Louis has been so pretty calm, cool, and collected after all of these allegations that have been going around in the cast. And I feel like he's kept his cool. He seemed like a loving, nice, kind guy. There was a couple cracks in the armor. I think there was that one episode where they were seated at the barbecue with those flimsy plates. Remember that? I mean, really, the budget, guys. I'm sorry to keep harping on it. The fact that I have to say, remember that episode where they had the backyard barbecue when they were eating dinner on the styrofoam plates tells us something. This is supposed to be glamour. Glamour. Okay? Glamour. Just remember that when we're doing production design for next season. And the producers have been amazing. This season, I mean, they, uh, producers, I can't even, uh, I can't even thank them enough. I grovel at their feet because they've given us such a good season again and again and again. I'm just saying budget-wise, which I don't even think is on production. I think that's on Bravo. So Bravo, step it up. Step it up. They're going to be making lots of money. BravoCon Part 2 is coming back. October, October. Uh, if, they need me to, if they need me to moderate any panels, I'm going to be available. So uh, let me know. But uh, they are going to be making lots of money from that BravoCon. I went to the first one, which was such a good time. Such a good time. And now I think they're doing it in like a bigger a bigger area or a bigger convention center or something. So I think it'll be even more people can go and enjoy it, which is a great thing. October 4th, is it 14th or the 16th? I think I have a wedding on the 14th, but otherwise that weekend I'm free. Uh, but they're going to be bringing in lots of money. I was there last time. They had a whole bazaar where people could come and buy goods. For, like Jill Zarin was selling the rugs. I remember going in. They, it was like a shop that people could go into and Ms. Aaron was just there with the rugs, just hawking the rugs. I mean, God bless. Everyone else was selling like a book or a candle. <laughs> it was like Dorinda was there with a candle, and then Jill Zarin's just in the corner with a bunch of big rugs. And it's like, what's happening here? Anyway, I love me a Jill Zarin rug. I got rugs in our house. Outside, they, she makes great outdoor rugs. I'm not even getting paid for that. I paid uh, full price for these rugs from her brand, but they make great outdoor rugs. Anyway, uh, that's not the point. The point is Bravo needs to invest in a little bit in because we're seeing these people in backyard barbecues with styrofoam plates and then in suburban houses with kids' rooms and then making them pedal to their next location for the next location shoot. I mean, they're not even springing for the Sprinter van to get them uh, from point A to point B. They're making them pedal on that bar with some out-of-college uh, young man who's running that bar on the wheels. I don't know. What do you even call that? I forget what you even... That's something that I would do. It looked really fun, and they had a great time. But I don't know. I don't even think I would like to do it when it's hot. Like, when you're sweaty like that, it's no fun. It's no fun. Uh, but we're going to break down all that Louis stuff, you guys. The cracks on the armor came out again. And when he was saying, get out of here, I I get very defensive about Teresa. Where, and I almost feel, I started aside a little bit more with Mar- Margaret this episode, because 
I really do believe that, first of all, Margaret was just speaking on behalf of the group. I really believe that the rest of those people, those rest of those women, were saying all this stuff behind Teresa's back. And I looked at it differently this episode, and I was like, oh, actually, I feel like Margaret was the only one being honest with Teresa. The rest of them were all talking behind the back. So I hope that Teresa sees that and thinks like, oh, actually, Margaret at least brought it to me. Everybody else then is also just so afraid of Teresa and that does not make for a good show. Again, I say I would be too if I was on this show, but I'm not on this show. So the cast members need to not be afraid of each other. And so that's an issue. Uh, but I worried for Teresa when Louis was like, oh, get out of here and make all this money. Because I was thinking, like, actually, this uh, young queen, uh, Teresa Giudice, is the one that's making all the dough. She's bringing in lots of money. She is the longest serving cast member. And one of the, I think it's maybe if not the highest, one of the highest rated uh, Housewife franchises on this network. So then he's saying, I got, I can make all the money. You don't, you don't work a day in your life or something. I was like, okay, you need to step back because this woman is a businesswoman. She has the Fabellini. She's got the books. She's got the, well, I don't know, but she's got a hundred businesses. So you know what? Don't, uh, don't belittle her work ethic. And I didn't like the way that he said that. And so the cracks in the arm. I did like when he sat down with Joe Gorga, though, and was like, I know that's really old school and it's kind of like a weird traditional thing, but I don't know. Something made me happy when he sat down with Joe Gorga and was like, I want to ask for your sister, sister's hand in marriage. I like that. I did sort of wish he would have sat down with Gia instead because I feel like Gia would have given the business. Joe Gorga gave him a little bit of like, well, what are all these allegations and all that stuff? But I feel like Gia would have been like, okay, let's talk. Or Melania. Oh, we should have got Melania. Melania should have sat down with him and been like, here's what the fuck is up. And then I feel like she would have told Louie. Louie, Louie, Louie. When he was doing that moment, though, I just thought, Louie, Louie, oh no. And we haven't even gotten to the blazer he was wearing. The blazer on that man. Later in the episode, you guys, the blazer. The blazer. The blazer. Sit back tight. Let's just talk about the blazer for a minute. When I saw it, I said, Louis, Louis, oh no. I said, Louis, Louis, oh no. Remember that song? (laughs) What was the bedazzled blazer, you guys? If you're driving, pull over. Because this is something, not only was it the bedazzled blazer, which just had one straight line, it almost looked like a tree with branches of bedazzling in the back of his blazer running up the spine. (sighs) Ah. It was upsetting. It was aggressive to the naked eye. It was upsetting. I lost my balance as soon as I got up to go to the restroom during the commercial break because it was a lot to take in. And then not only that, he was also wearing bedazzled shoes. And I know we've seen a lot of insane fashions on these women in this Nashville trip that I don't think we've all fully grasped or analyzed or recovered from. It's going to be years for us to really... Really dive into the fashions we've seen. I've seen a lot of fringe work on these women. I saw a, a brown fringe jacket on Teresa at one point that I we, they believe we talked about the blue cowboy hat with a bedazzling cross that looked like Ed Hardy mixed with by Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton by Ed Hardy. I, I mean, it was like crazy what we've seen. The fashions. Believe me. Believe me. We haven't really gotten fully into it because it's all been too shocking for us. We've all been through the trauma of having to wash them each week, because they've been in Nashville upwards of three weeks. And I feel like we're all in a trauma. In the words of Jamie Lee Curtis on the Halloween Kills press tour, we've been through trauma. And so it's going to take a while for us to unpack. I haven't really seen much in terms of the internet or in terms of 
other people talking. You know, I have all my housewife group texts and my friends often reach out to me and they say, oh my God, can you believe this happened or that happened? And I haven't even really seen much about the fashions. And I believe it's because it's all too traumatic for us. And so we're not even fully grasping it. And it really wasn't until I saw Louie wearing that blazer with the cross bedazzling in the spine, on the spine, with the shoes, because the shoes alone would have been enough. It was a really quick, it was a quick little glance at those uh, shoes on, on the feet, on the hooves. He had a little bedazzling on the hooves, but like the eye just immediately goes to the bedazzling on the blazer, which I don't even know where you get a blazer like that. I mean, I know back in the early 2000s, someone like an Ed Hardy would make a blazer like that. And I do seem to be hearing lately that a lot of those fashions are coming back. 90s, early 2000s fashions coming back. But I am not clear who is doing the bedazzled blazer with just a a bedazzling up the spine. I mean, who's taking a hot glue gun and just putting it on that blazer? Because otherwise, I believe that would have been a nice blazer. And then to match it with the shoes. To match it with the shoes. Louie, Louie, oh no. I mean, is anyone saying something? Did anyone see it? And then I felt like the the camera people knew. They kept focusing on that blazer. I feel like we got a lot of up-close shots about that blazer. They kept going to the bedazzling. There was one point where he took it off. And I bet you, you guys, I have this conspiracy theory. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I do kind of feel like, does anyone kind of feel like a PA, a producer, someone on site, someone who worked for the network was there. They were at the finale filming. Not maybe I don't even believe it was like a camera person or someone who worked on uh, from the production side. I believe it was like maybe one of the production heads who's not normally at the filmings, who maybe came in for the special occasion, or like an extra PA who was hired just for the finale taping, or someone from uh, the network that comes in just for the finale taping. Like I believe it was someone special who came in. And they saw Louis take off the jacket, the bedazzled blazer. And I believe they sat him down or they pulled him aside and they were like, hey, Louis, it's getting kind of cold. You should put the blazer on. <laughs> I think they bamboozled him. I really do. I think production probably didn't notice because I think the typical production, the producers who are there every day on the ground floor of all of this, I feel like all of us, they've been through the trauma of all these fashions in Nashville that they didn't even notice the blazer. And so I think it took someone special to come in and say, Louis, you should put back on that blazer because they knew that that blazer was so shocking to the naked eye that we, we would like to see it. Nay, we would need to see it. And so they, he put it back on. And so he was storming out of that rooftop party. And I just know whoever it was that convinced him to put that blazer back on. It also looked hot that night. We saw during the day when they were peddling to the bar, they were all sweating like pigs in church or whores in church. What's that phrase? <laughs> pigs in church. That's not a phrase. <laughs> now I'm just imagining a pig in a church. I went to Catholic grade school. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is it was hot that day. And so I do believe that it was hot that night too. It's not like it just cools down that much. Some nights it cools down. I get that. But I don't believe it cooled down enough to want to wear that blazer with all the bedazzling, the heavy beadery on it. Because those were some heavy beads. Those were just little bedazzled things I would get at the Michaels. Those were like special ordered beads or special order uh, little bedazzled. Do I don't know what you call those, that the things that you bedazzle something with. 
I believe those were special order because they looked heavy. They looked like rhinestone thick, heavy rhinestone things. So imagine it's a hot Nashville night, and you're wearing a blazer, which men out there, ladies out there too, if you're Diane Keaton, you know this as well. If you wear a blazer, it's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing. And so the fact that not only is it a heavy blazer, but it's one with the rhinestone bedazzling down the back all the way up the spine, that was hot. That was heavy and hot, and so I don't believe he just put it on voluntarily. Uh, he was he was coerced. He was bamboozled by someone who was on set that day. Okay, anyway, how long did I talk about his bedazzled jacket? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have... I couldn't believe it. And then with the shoes. And we're skipping ahead here. I'm skipping all around this episode. I have notes, too, but there's just too much to talk about. Did we even talk about Frank Sr. owning the massage parlors? Oh, my God. When I heard that, I thought, I don't need to know about this. I don't think anyone needs to know about this. Baby, keep it to yourself. I don't want to know. The things that must have happened at that massage parlor, you guys, I don't... I don't... Has anyone looked into it? Has there been... I, I know there's all this legal stuff that's happening. I feel like there was some legal stuff. I don't know what... I feel like there might have been some legal situations or illegal situations or some sort of alleged, I don't know. Everything on this podcast is always alleged, but something, the things that must have went down at that massage parlor. And maybe that's the spinoff we need. Honestly, in the era of Bravo True Crime, where the best shows on this network right now are all the ones dealing with Jen Shah's legal case, Bamboozle Jane's legal case, uh, maybe we need it to happen in the massage parlor business with Frank Sr., because I think if Bravo could convince that man, maybe it's a spinoff. I don't want a husband. I, I don't want a husband-centric spinoff. But I would take a spinoff where it's like Frank Senior open in massage parlors. Because I feel like there'd be a lot of shady business practices. I do allegedly. Allegedly, I feel like something may happen. And uh, Jen actually asked him. She says, "What kind of massage parlors were they?" And he says, "Good ones. <gasps> Good ones." He says good ones, which you know what that, I mean, we could all read between the lines, can't we? Frank Sr. saying a good massage parlor. I think we know what that means, ladies, am I right? Anyway, I'm not saying that there was a lot of shady business that went down at the massage parlors that Frank Sr. owned when he was cheating with Dolores with the boat horse, but I am implying it. Okay. Uh, then they talk about... They talk about Jackie and Teresa and Teresa's apology, apology to Jackie and thing that's bugging me about this, because they also talk about how Margaret says she was fat shamed and no one said anything. And they all agreed that they should have said anything. They all sat there and said, yeah, that was not right. How uh, Teresa was saying thing about the fat shaming. And the thing that bothers me is that they are so scared. And I just don't feel like they should be scared. And that's a bad place for us to be in with the show. And they've always been scared of Teresa because, again, this really has always been Teresa's show. I don't think in the early seasons it was. I truly don't think season one, two it was, was not. I mean, I think that was more like Danielle. It was very much centered on the Manzos. Teresa was also a star on the show. But it was a more balanced ensemble cast. And then pretty soon it very much turned into Teresa's show. Whether people want to hear that or not, every season really has been about her life. And then everyone else is kind of on the outskirts of it. And I get a lot of trouble. People you write me and say that, how dare I say it's to Teresa's show, but it is. And if we want to get out of that, if people are saying that we want it to be an ensemble cast, then we can't have these cast members who are just afraid. Because I think I was getting more upset with, with like Jennifer and Dolores because the way that they are, 
I feel like Dolores isn't giving us any sort of opinion on anything. It's just she's translating for Teresa, and she used to be able to really defend Teresa, and now she can't defend her, but she's still sort of trying to. So it's like everything that she says about Teresa feels so trepidatious. And I need at least a strong, at least if she's going to defend Teresa, I need her to strongly defend her and not just sit there and be like, yeah. And I do actually want to also say Dolores has been fed up by the end of the season. Dolores is fed up. There was one point where she was getting on the, uh, the sprinter bus and she's just like, fuck, it's hot. I need some fucking holy water for you evil pieces of shit. She said that was a direct line. (laughs) So I think Dolores has had it. Dolores has had it. So on some level, I understand her sitting back and not wanting to get in the mix anymore or defend Teresa. But it just feels like, okay, what do we do? We need strong opinions. And everyone by the end of the season just being like, well, she is what she is and can't do anything about that. And it just feels like we're in a trepidatious space. And the best people on these shows are the ones with strong opinions. And so we need them to give strong opinions. Does that make sense? Uh, we have to take a break here. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and we got more to talk about. Did I talk? I didn't even talk about that man on the pedal bus. You guys, I think his name was Drew or Dave. I might have made that up, but let's get to it right after the break. Uh, thank you to ACAST, find me on social media, all that stuff. We'll be right back. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back, little girls. By the way, does anyone watch Selling Sunset? It's back. If you don't watch it, I highly recommend it, but I, you just need to go into it knowing that there's not much drama. I mean, they definitely tell the drama no. Tell the drama no. In the words of our dear Whitney Houston, they tell the drama no. Uh, because not much happens. There is Christine is a woman on there. She's the villain of the show. And so she does add an element of drama. But for the most part, it's just looking at these nice houses. And then this season, there's a lot of relationship stuff that I don't love. But if you follow me on social media, at Danny Pellegrino on Instagram, I did a little deep dive into Emma, one of the cast members, Empanada Business. Now, you might be asking yourself, if you do not watch Selling Sunset, why does one of the women on there have an Empanada Business? And that's a great question. Little Bear, because no one really understands the empanada business. I mean, it's been mentioned multiple times on this show, Selling Sunset. And I looked it up. I tried to buy some empanadas. And if you buy them directly from the website, it's $99. And it, there's shipping is crazy because it's like you can only get it west of the Mississippi or some shit like that. <laughs> some crazy. There's like some crazy rules. It's like not west of the Mississippi and you must live in a... A two-story house and then on the corner of a cul-de-sac and it's like crazy shit you like that's how you can get it from the website but i did find and it's 99 dollars. and these little empanadas i haven't received them yet so I, all this is alleged i mean this is alleged don't come after me if you're the empanada business but they all do look like Tatina's pizza rolls i mean i looked them up and they're supposedly vegan empanadas but then they're filled with things like pizza and sausage so it's like those aren't really empanadas and i don't know if this woman has any connection to a culture that created empanadas but she decided to market them herself anyway and they're pizza ones and they're vegan but they're like pizza and then she also did sweet ones at one time that were i guess like limited edition so she did like a cookies and cream one. It's the weirdest thing. And a lot of the ads for them on the social media, it almost looks like she was green screened into them. I mean, it's crazy. You got to look it up. I saved it to my Instagram highlights. But anyway, the empanadas are coming. I ordered them off QVC and I love me some QVC. So this is no shade to QVC. They did have them for uh, four easy payments. Total, I think they were $65 or something for two boxes, which you know I'm not saying is a deal. Okay, believe me, I'm going to... I'm going to reach out to my accountant to see if there's a tax write-off in there somewhere because $65 for me to eat these little Tatina's pizza rolls is quite outrageous if you ask me. But I did order them and I will be doing a live tasting if I ever receive them. We'll see, TBD. You know, sometimes you order things from these people. And this was from QVC, so I'm anticipating they'll come quickly. But uh, ladies, we love when they come quickly. Am I right? <laughs> But uh, I'm in a goofy mood today. You guys, I've been going to this Barry's Boot Camp. I don't know if anyone's heard of Barry's Boot Camp, but they're these, uh, it's exercise class, and I do the treadmill, and I've been doing double treadmill because the exercise class, it's like half treadmill, half weights. But because of my shoulder, I haven't really been able to do the weight. And I've been doing extra treadmill, and so I've been running a lot. And so the amount of dorphins running through my body these days, I mean, I am giggly, I'm happy. It really does make a difference when you're happy. And when you're working out, you get the endorphins. I mean, it's just fantastic. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, the empanada business. Woo! You guys, the empanada business. So we're going we're gonna to be trying them, and I'm sure they're great. Maybe they're great. <laughs> I don't want to lie to you all, but we'll see. We'll try them. We'll try them live on air. And Selling Sunsets on Netflix, new season. I love it. I'm obsessed with Selling Sunset. Again, nothing happens. 
but it's gorgeous scenery, gorgeous cinematography, beautiful houses. I just like seeing the houses that they're selling and these beautiful women. And there's a woman named Maya who I'm obsessed with on there. And Chriselle, who's been on this show before. Chriselle was just on a couple a few weeks ago promoting her book. She's got a new book. So go listen to that interview. It's on the YouTube channel or you can find it. Anyway, uh, we got to get back to New Jersey. So where are we at here? The Okay. Okay. So the pedal bike thing. This is what I want to say. The bartender host or whoever that was, he was very aggressive. He reminded me very much of like a spin class instructor. Speaking of workout classes, it was very much a spin class inspired instructor vibe. And I wondered, did he moonlight as someone who works at SoulCycle? Or is he just have this kind of energy? And is there a specific version of this human? Because I really do feel when I'm on the Peloton or something, I feel like there's a specific type of person that is the instructor. Maybe some of you out there listening, you have to. And as I was just talking about endorphins, these people have incredible amounts of endorphins running through their body. If you are an instructor for a living in a workout capacity, if you're doing spin classes all day long, the amount of endorphins you have is going to turn you into a crazy human being. And I love that type of person. I love it. When I'm in a spin class, I need that type of motivation. Someone just give it, get faster and turn up the resistance. Or I love Cody on uh, the Peloton app. I love that kind of energy when I'm working out. But on a drinking vacation, I'm not interested in somebody yelling at me. This man, and again, I call him Drew or Dave, and I don't know that that was his name, but that was the kind of vibe I got out of him, was like a Drew or Dave kind of vibe. And he kept saying, y'all ready to do this thing? Let's pedal. Come on. All right, spin class, let's go. And he called them the spin class, you guys. When he called them the spin class. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Y'all ready to do this thing? I mean, that was when I really lost it. When he said, y'all ready to do... (laughs) When he said, y'all ready to do this thing. I thought Dolores, like I said earlier in the podcast, that she's over it. This is the end of the season. She got on that Sprinter van to go to the location where they got on this pedal bike thing. And again, she was like, fuck, it's hot. I'm fucking sick of this. Dolores in the house when they were eating breakfast, she was saying that thing about the holy water. I need some fucking holy water because all you pieces of shit are evil, she said. So this was all pre them getting on that bike. And I don't know if they just cut around Dolores or if uh, the mics just didn't pick it up. But I am certain. I am certain that Dolores was not appreciative of this guy's energy. I just know that she in the space that Dolores was in getting in the Sprinter van when she was yelling, fuck, it's hot. That energy is not translating over to this pedal bike bartender kind of guy who's like, y'all ready to do this thing? Y'all ready to do this thing? Like, what is is that? That man, y'all ready to do this thing? We need to get him on the pod. Again, I I don't want to hate too much on this man because he is a star in a right. I mean, because look, I'm talking about him. I think it's already been three minutes now I've been talking about this man. And so he is a star in his own right. I'm just saying that energy. So I need the unreleased footage of Dolores. I need somebody to give me the mic. Where was the audio of Dolores uh, when she met this man? And he said, y'all ready to do this thing? Because I know that Dolores was not having it. She was probably like, fuck this man. She, fuck this man. Fuck this motherfucker. <laughs> fuck it's hot. I don't want to deal with this motherfucker. I bet you there was some of that. She might have even yelled some other words that I'm not privy to saying on this podcast, but I'm just saying 
there was definitely some some words that were said that maybe there maybe Bravo sometimes sometimes I think Bravo protects these women. So maybe there was some ugly things said by Dolores, and I'm not saying that I blame her because of the mood that she was in. It was hot that day. It's the end of the season, and she had to deal with y'all ready to do this thing. Let's pedal. I don't know. All right, all right, spin class, let's go. Y'all ready to do this thing? <laughs> I think I'm saying it in a different way than he said it. I think he was a little more masculine. I think I'm adding like a little, I'm adding a little flair to him. <laughs> I hope he listens to this podcast. If he, if you're listening, I love you. I love you. Y'all ready to do this thing? Okay. Uh, I get it. You guys, I got the endorphins myself. I've been doing all sorts of working out. Uh, okay, so they're having fun on this thing. And I was having fun, too. Melissa was drunk. She was falling in the middle of the street. And then they arrived to Hattie B's for hot chicken, which who doesn't love some hot chicken? Oh, by the way, when Melissa was in the street, I was getting Kelly Ben Simone vibes. When There was a moment where Melissa was taking selfies in the midst of the street, in the midst of traffic. And Nashville's a bitty, busy area, so it's not like... There, there were no drivers on the road, and poor Melissa was just twerking in the middle of the street looking for Joe to take some photos of her. And these people who are stuck in traffic, as if they don't got to deal with enough traffic in the midst of Nashville, in the middle of the city. Now they got Melissa Gorga, uh, third lead of this show. And I'm not even sure if she's third lead. That's given her a lot of credit. But she uh, is there in the middle of the road, and they're trying to get by. But I do love some drunk Melissa. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, so they go to Hattie B's for some hot chicken, and they decide to do a spicy contest. Now, Bill is ready for this. Bill apparently spreads his wasabi like butter, Jen says. Evan, that's when Evan gets up and washes his hands. Ooh, you guys, speaking of being wet, I was wet when that happened, ladies, am I right? Because uh, these people were sweating, and I was sweating watching Evan uh, excuse himself to go wash his hands. Anyway, so then uh, he is a, cl- a clean king. And the woman who's serving these people, I do want to point out that she was wearing a shirt that said, shut the cluck up. And I have loved Jackie opening up has been so stunningly beautiful on this show. Jackie opening up about her eating disorder and her issues surrounding food and weight and body image. It's, I, I can't say enough good things. Every week, again, I praise, I praise that they're showing this. I praise that she's being so vulnerable and open. With all that said, I do, I did have to laugh as she was ordering. And it is, I get it too, because I'm someone who struggles a bit with my food and eating and all that stuff. And it is a struggle sometimes. She was out with friends and she's at this place where they're having fried hot chicken. And she's trying to figure out what on the menu she can eat. And she's struggling in her brain because as we've heard in the past, when she's sitting down with the therapist, she's trying to think, she's doing math in her head. If you've struggled, you know that kind of math you're doing where it's like, well, this is a little healthier than that, but then I ate that earlier, but I want to eat that later, so I should eat something less here. So she was doing all of that math, and this woman in this very hot restaurant, and the server's got to wear the masks in this hot restaurant with no air conditioning. Everybody's wet, sweaty. They're all fanning themselves with menus. And this woman is just trying to get their orders so she could get to the back room and probably take off that fucking mask. And uh, so I was just thinking in her head, she was probably thinking the whole time that Jackie's trying to order and Jackie's doing that painstaking math about whether or not she could order the coleslaw. She is uh, the server. This woman is like just thinking to herself, like, shut the cluck up and get your coleslaw. (laughs) 
I just called it cold slaw because there's this, I had an experience one day where I got in a fight with someone at a grocery store because they called it cold slaw with a D, but that's not the point. Uh, but so Jackie was doing that math and this woman, I was just imagining in her head, she's like, you need to shut the cluck up, order your coleslaw and keep it moving. <laughs> Again, I understand Jackie. I get her and I love her. Uh, but it, that was making me laugh. Uh, so then Margaret and Teresa, they try to have this talk, uh, but they decide to shut the cluck up and not do it at this restaurant because they all wanted to have the fried chicken contest. So that was nice. So the hot chicken comes, Bill's instantly dipping fries in the hottest of chickens. And then, I mean, I got to be honest. So Frank Sr. entered this contest. The men were entering the contests. I believe uh, who it was Louis, Joe Gorga, Evan, and Bill. And Frank Sr., did I miss? Somebody stuck it out. One person didn't. Oh, Tiki was even around. Tiki was like, I'm not doing this up, this show. He's not interested in this program. Uh, so he didn't even arrive. But I got to say that all I could think about this scene was the way, and this is gross. You guys, turn maybe fast forward. If you don't like hearing these things, I get it. Fast forward. I don't want you guys to leave me bad reviews or send me messages because I'm going to say something that's kind of gross and disgusting. It's a human thing that all happens. Uh, but I just, I know it's not for everyone. And sometimes this comes up on the show and then you all yell at me. And so I just, real, this is like a spoiler alert or what do we call it? Like just fast forward because I'm going to talk for a minute, maybe a couple minutes about the aggressive way that I imagine Frank Sr. blows up a restroom. I, all I could think about was like Frank, I, I was like, I was watching a horror movie. You know, when you're watching something, how we were just talking about Halloween kills or when you watch the original Halloween and you're like yelling at the screen for Jamie Lee Curtis to leave the room and you're like, get out of there. Or when you watch scream, like get out of there, Nev Campbell. I don't know why I'm always wanting to talk about that. Like that pedal bike guy. Y'all ready to do this thing? I don't know why that's in my head now. I'm going to be saying that to myself. <laughs> You know, when you're watching a horror movie and you're like, y'all ready to do this thing? Anyway, so, you know, when you're watching a horror movie and you're screaming for someone to get out of the room, I was watching this scene and I was screaming at the TV, like Frank Sr., you do not need to enter this contest. And I don't even know, this is, this is probably on me. I don't know why I was so focused on him. Maybe it's because he is, as I always say, a mountain of a man. But I wasn't so concerned with Bill or Joe Gorga or Evan, who I imagine, I mean, those are off. I mean, two of the three are very fit men. So anytime I see fit men like that, you know, I'm talking about the Evans, the Joe Gorgas. When you see men like that, I mean, we've all dated or slept with a couple of those kind of guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you haven't, maybe try it one time. It's fun. But you know, they, it's, uh, I'm sorry, I know other way to say this, but they get the protein farts, right? Because those are the type of men who are drinking the protein powder after they work out. And so it's this very, it's a very distinct smell. Gays out there know what I'm talking about. So that's what I think about when I see those men. But Frank Sr., I feel like he's not just doing two scoops of the protein powder. That man is just chugging the powder straight from the bottle. He's getting one of those large gallon of proteins. And I just, I just imagine him shoveling the powder in his mouth. I think he washes it down with a glass of water. I don't even think Frank Sr. mixes it. Okay. So that's where my head is at when I see Frank Sr. And then to add on top of that, we're doing a hot chicken. And I wanted him to shut his clucking mouth because he shouldn't be eating the hot chicken, Frank Sr., because I imagine there's already so much happening in his body. And we saw these men trying to get it out of them later. I mean, Joe Gorga put a dildo in his mouth to throw to help himself throw up to check the gag reflex, and they didn't show it. They should have showed it because I don't know. 
there, I don't know what was going on there, but they did show Frank Sr. brought him the dildo because those men don't travel anywhere without a dildo. And uh, so I think they all had to get it out of them. But when Frank Sr. was trying to enter this contest, I was like, Frank, you don't do it. Don't do it. There's too much going on in your insides already. I mean, what's going on? I, I could only imagine. Remember that show Herman's Head or the movie Inside Out? They need a version of that where it's just inside of Frank's stomach because I can't even imagine the chaos. The chaos that goes on in that man's belly. Anyway, they did the contest. Joe Gorgat and Bill are the final two. Jen was cheering him on. It was really cute. I really liked that. I, but I, I do believe in the end, all those men were the, and the women actually, I believe at the end of this contest, they were all losers because they had to leave this restaurant and sit in a child's bedroom that they rented and shart their pants when the cameras were down because that's what happened. That's what happens after, after this, uh, this contest. There was no way they were sitting in those kids rooms. Amongst those children's books, Frank Sr. was sitting on the toilet reading Very Hungry Caterpillar as he was shitting his brains out. I'm sorry to say it. Sorry to say it. Somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. Uh, okay, so then we cut to, uh, yeah, they were struggling. Tiki, Tiki was sitting at the house. I don't know what was going on. The whole episode was really funny, though. I mean, I was laughing so much. There was also a lot. I, to me, this was like a perfect balance of the laughter. And I like that the women were in on the laughter. It wasn't just like the men separately having their good time. So I just really, I really loved it. And it was weird. Teresa and Louie weren't at the house, and they felt like they were sort of on another show. And I kept thinking, are they prepping us? You know, I always read into these things way too much. But I was like, are they prepping for... Teresa to either leave for another show or leave this show. But then ultimately, I don't think, I don't think they'll get rid of Teresa because I don't think they can. I think the ratings would go down too much. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And they get rid of the OGs on all the shows. And every time they've done it, it's been a mistake. Cough, Orange County, cough. I mean, we can't, uh, I always thought they needed to get rid of the OGs. If you probably listen to the old episodes of this podcast, you probably hear me say, they need to phase them out and have new blood in here. And then once they started doing that, I'm like, uh-uh, reverse course, back up, bring Vicky and Tamara back. You know, like that's how I get when it happens because I find it to be a mistake. So I, I don't know. I don't know, but it does feel like Teresa's on a separate show. And I was, I was trying to figure out if it was like the cast doing that or if it was production trying to prep us for something. You know, sometimes I read way too much into it. Right, way too much into it. Uh, Dolores, when they got to that nighttime dinner, it was funny when she checked in. She's like, Dolores, table of 14, like as if she made the reservation. <laughs> as if Dolores made the reservation. Like they have to get that place cleared. Through the, the camera, people have to be cleared to film there, especially during COVID times. So it's not like Dolores was calling. And by the way, there would have been more than 14 because it was like the cast plus, plus the crew. And Dolores just went up there, ever the pro, she just went up on camera to the to the hostess stand and was like, Dolores, party of 14. And I was like, Dolores, you don't have to do this. Like, they know. <laughs> they know. Uh, okay. Oh, I did love Dolores, too, when she just said, I was really loving Dolores' episode, despite the fact that she has been wavering on her opinion, and she seems to be turning on Teresa. And I actually think maybe Dolores is seeing that they're, that's another thing I was maybe reading into too much. I was like, is Dolores thinking that the show's going to go on without Teresa? In which case, she's going to need to buddy up to some of these other people, right? Like, so I was reading into that. I was like, is that what Dolores thinks? 
uh, because she seemed her opinions to be shifting. But she said, just bring us a bunch of food, one of everything. Then we had that weird moment with, uh, it wasn't weird, uh, the Libya and Joe Gorga moment. I liked it because he was asking for the hand of marriage. But what was so weird about it was like there was a guitar player in the background. Did anyone catch this? It was like fucking Edwin McCain playing I'll Be in the background as Louis and Joe Gorga are sweating on the top of a rooftop in a bedazzled blazer jacket. Or what? <laughs> bedazzled. What, I can't even say that. Bedazzled blazer. What did I call it? Bedazzled blazer? A bedazzled blazer. They're sitting up there and it's just like this romantic guitar ballad behind them. Oh my God, I was laughing. It was so funny. It was so funny. But so Louis chokes up and Al B is playing in the background. Joe Gorga does ask about the Louis' past and I don't know, he says some stuff. Uh, Melissa and Teresa, again, the tr- cracks are showing. I can't wait for the reunion. We're going to see what happens. Uh, I'm very concerned about it. I'm very excited about it, especially after Orange County reunion, which was such an enormous, heavy flop. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry. Don't yell at me. Uh, then we cut to, uh, there is this one thing. Oh, no, there's this one thing I do want to say. Margaret and Teresa had that talk on the rooftop, and then I thought they were getting somewhere. It seemed like Teresa really finally, she said, I find somebody I like, and this has to happen. She says it's a buildup. And it felt like we were finally getting this vulnerable side of Teresa that we've all wanted her to say, because I think that's been the the context behind all of this thing, is Teresa finally, her just saying, like, I like this guy, and it's getting ruined by social media, and now you're bringing it on the show every time we're filming. And it's like, that's what Teresa's feeling that she hasn't been able to quite get across. Although I do believe that Margaret should have known that this is what Teresa's trying to say, but she gets vulnerable and honest. And it was like, we were getting somewhere and then it all just stopped. It was like, and then Margaret called her out for the fat shaming. And she's like, I didn't fat shame you. And then Margaret's like, well, you called me, you know, this, this, and this. She said, you called me white trash or the C next Tuesday. It was like, they were getting somewhere and then they just flipped it around and it didn't happen. And then that's when uh, Margaret storms off. And I really thought they were mending it. I got excited. I thought they were finally telling the drama no. Tell the drama no. And I thought they were going to move past it. But then they said yes to the drama. And Margaret walks away. Louis comes up and that's when Louis says a thing about like, let's go move in our 50,000 square foot house. We don't have to work a day. And he's just running around with that bedazzled blazer sweating. <laughs> Margaret, she brings up the past. She says, I was right about Siggy. I was right about Danielle and I'll be right about Louis. And they all basically agreed. They all, Dolores said, everything comes out in the wash, which I do believe it all comes back around. Truth comes out. So we're going to have to see how it plays out. Teresa's still in her love bubble. She don't want that love bubble popped. She says, I'll do whatever it takes. The episode is ending with those title cards, which were all kind of basic. But Teresa says, I'll do whatever it takes to protect my love bubble. She's engaged now to this man. They got engaged in Greece. Margaret's starting an alcohol-free line. Dolores, uh, like Luann. Luann's got the alcohol-free rosé, the frosé. Now we're getting all, now they're all doing that. It's like we just, they all do the same things all at once. And is it because they share people or something? Why is Margaret? And Margaret, I guess, is doing all sorts of other alcohols. So maybe it's different than the frosé. But it just reminds me, it's like we're in this endless, we're on a hamster wheel where it's like one thing happens on one franchise and they all do it. Mm, well, Candy, won't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats. 
One minute they're all dropping some beats, and then the next minute they're all doing the goat yoga, the axe throwing, the 1920s Gatsby parties, and now alcohol-free uh, alcohol. Is that how you say it, or what is it? <laughs> alcohol-free alcohol. Uh, Melissa's title card was really funny, though. It was like, Melissa's going to her kids' football games. And it was like, oh, okay. like <laughs> Which is a real life. That's a, She's a housewife. So it's like, you know, good for her, I suppose. But it was just like, I don't know. It's like, Teresa engaged. Margaret's starting this new business. Dolores moves out of her house, gets a new boyfriend. Jen's working on her crumbling marriage. Jackie's making progress with her her eating disorder. And then it was like, Melissa goes to her kids' football games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. I love this cast, though. Keep them all, even and Melissa too. I get, I joke, I joke about Melissa, but she's got to stick around because we need Joe Gorka. Anyway, uh, that's the Real House in New Jersey. I love this season. I thought it was a great finale. I thought it was a great episode. I had a gay old time watching. I had laughs. I had drama. I had a suspense. I had a bedazzled blazer. I had it all. I had it all. Uh, although I do want them to up the budget next season. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Moving on, Orange County. There, I don't really have anything to say, except for I was I was actually kind of embarrassed for them. I, I felt bad. And again, turn off this podcast if you like Orange County. Turn this off because I'm going to talk some shit, and I don't want you. I don't want anyone to feel bad about the things that they like. So turn off this podcast immediately. Turn it off. You don't need to listen to me, bitch, about some show that you like that I don't like. But I want to say this out of love because it was embarrassing, and I think it's time we say that because they it was only a two-part reunion dr jen one of the new cast members barely said anything she had one sort of joke at the end where she said regarding noella 
Like you're a, if you were a something about a prescription in the medicine cabinet or something, I mean, it was a cute line. It was a clever line, but it was like, that was the only thing she said in the two part reunion. And normally when it's a two part reunion, I think, okay, at least we're going to get like a jam packed two parts. But the thing that I'm realizing is that whenever it's a two part reunion, it's they're flops, they're flops. They're not jam packed. Like they should be. They're just really bad. They're just bad. So I know that now. I can't think of a time we've had a really good two-part reunion. Maybe there had, I think New York, one season they did a two-part that was like, okay. It was like in that weird transitional year where they had Bethany uh, had left and they brought in Heather and uh, uh, Aviva and Carol. They had a two-part that was like, okay. There's been other seasons where a two-part has happened and it's been okay. But this one to me was just really, really bad. Again, Dr. Jen didn't say anything. Which was, I felt, I almost felt bad for her. I was like, this is embarrassing. And I was embarrassed. I felt like even Andy was like bored during it. There was one point, I know he didn't outwardly yawn, but I was like, he seems like tired. And he, he really did go out on a limb on that one. He wore the green suit, which he had posted on social media. He said, what do we think? He said he was unsure of it. And I feel that Andy went into that reunion and was like, well, I might as well try it for this one. You know, like, <laughs> You know how we all have those things that sit in our closet, right? That you buy, you're at Nordstrom's or you're at Target or wherever you buy your clothes, you're at an H&M and you buy something that's like out of your comfort zone and you buy it, you put it in the closet and you never find the appropriate time to wear it because it's not really you. And then finally, you're going to something that's sort of like, you know, will be a flop event. No one will really be there. There won't be pictures. It's not your close group of friends. It's some randos that you don't really care to be friends with either. So you look in your closet and you pick out that outfit that you bought that one time that you never had the courage to wear. And you finally say, okay, I'm going to wear this. I'm going to finally put it on. It's like the flop outfit, the outfit that you know no one's going to see. And I feel like Andy put on that suit, that green suit, and was like, well, no one's going to watch this one. (laughs) Might as well wear this green suit now. Who the fuck cares at this point? Because no one's watching this season. It's flop. So I feel like he put that on because he's like, I got to wear it. You know, he got a stylist and the stylist bought it. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll finally wear that one. Every reunion, he looks at it, but he never puts it on. And then finally he did. But I think he was bored. And then there was, it was like, just, they had no content. They had no, they were talking about celebrity crushes, which is like, that's what I do on my show. Like on this podcast, I've asked people, guests, I say, who do who's your celebrity crush or something? But for a two-part reunion to spend that time asking people their celebrity crush, like we're just doing icebreakers. It was like we're just doing icebreaker activities because they had nothing else to talk about amongst the women. This group of women. It was so I was I was embarrassed. I was a little embarrassed by it. I was, I'm sorry. Maybe next season it'll be good if they bring in new people. <laughs> if they hire different people, maybe it'll be good. Uh in the chaos. I don't want Heather to go anywhere though. I think she and Noella rouses them all up, but also none of them. I, I don't want Noella around if it's like a cast where no one likes her because it just is so. The chemistry is also weird and orange. And then there was a thing where they did a montage where it was like all of Noella's fights. It was like everyone she fought with, and the one person she didn't fight with was Shannon. And it was like, okay, they're doing so much work to convince us that Shannon and Noella are friends, but. There's no way that they ever once talk or hang out off camera and they can keep trying to sell us that and everyone can lie. And if for any reason they actually do, it's only for their employment. It's not because they actually like each other. I'm sorry to burst everyone's bubble. And by the end of this, I was team Shannon. 
So that's, there you go. I, I, at the beginning of the season said, I do not care for that woman. I believe I even used the word, I hate H A T E. Although when I say it, I like to think of it as H the number eight T E, uh, as in, uh, Avril, the way Avril Lavigne used to spell things when she released music, hashtag skater boy. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I did not care for that woman at the beginning of the season, and now I ended and I was on Team Shannon Bador. I thought she looked the best at the reunion. I thought she came across the best this season, and so there you go. So Team Shannon. Somehow, some way, that's where I'm ending it. Uh, okay, that's it. Did I give all my thoughts? I think I did. Uh, you guys, thank you all so much for listening. There was a great interview with Gary Janetti earlier this week. Check that out. I also talked Housewives on that episode at the beginning. Uh, and find me on social media. You can watch the interviews at youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, find me on social media, get my book, all that good stuff. I love you all so much for listening. And, oh, we should do our cool down. I feel like we haven't done it in a while. When I have guests on, I don't always get to do the cool down. But I think we need it, right? Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. And you hold that, you hold that baby, you hold that baby in, and you let that baby out. Now, it's been a long season of New Jersey, and by long, I mean it was too little of episodes. I think they had less than Orange County, which is completely unacceptable, if you ask me. Uh, But we made it to the end, and I just want to congratulate us. We did it. We still have three parts of a reunion coming up, unlike Orange County, which could only squeeze two parts out. Sorry to say, was not successful. <laughs> but uh, we love all the women nonetheless. Nonetheless, we love the production companies and Bravo for giving us all this entertainment. And I can't wait for BravoCon, at which point I'm making the prediction now that at BravoCon they announce. Do you think? That, I think they'll announce a new Orange County cast at BravoCon. That's my prediction. They're definitely going to announce the New York cast at BravoCon, right? Like, they're going to finally announce the OG cast and the new cast, I think. That's when they'll bring them out. That's what I'm feeling. Okay, I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>